0: Hey, parents. Welcome to the Teens Who Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Cheryl Summers. I'm a licensed teen therapist, parent coach, and mom of two daughters who are now in their 20s, and I love helping parents enjoy healthier, happier relationships with their teenagers. Quick question before we get started. Have you ever heard of or wondered about your communication style or how it might be affecting your relationship with your teenager? If you're curious, I have a fun quiz for you to check out. It's just 20 short questions to help you figure out your individual communication style. You can find the link to the quiz in the show notes wherever you're listening to this podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hey parents, today we're going to talk about boundaries. I have had several parents reach out recently asking me for advice about how to get better at setting boundaries with their teenager. Um, What these parents are telling me is that they feel like they're trying to set boundaries, but either... The teenager just ignores the boundary and keeps going with the behavior, or they feel like it maybe works once or twice, it feels a little gimmicky, and then they just fall back into the same old patterns. And so they're reaching out to me asking, how do I do this in a way that actually works and sticks? Um, Because I really do want to try to set better boundaries. Now if you've followed me for any amount of time or you've attended any of my parenting trainings, you know that I love boundaries. Um, It is one of my favorite things to talk about and teach about. And it's because I feel like getting better at setting boundaries is really the secret sauce of parenting, especially parenting teenagers. If you can learn how to set boundaries, be consistent, hold those boundaries, it will be a game changer in your relationship with your teenager. I am a thousand percent sure of that. So it's a topic that I think is worth revisiting over and over and over again. So today what I thought I would do is share with you three of my favorite examples. Um, These are real-life examples from either myself or moms that I've worked with of boundaries in action and how these moms went about setting the boundary and what kind of effect it had on their parenting, their teenager's behavior, their relationship with their teenager, etc. So we're going to dive into three concrete examples that you can put into place and start using immediately. But before we jump into examples, let's take a step back and first identify what is a boundary. How am I defining a boundary when I talk about it in these examples? A boundary is really pretty simple. It's basically a limit that you are placing on your own behavior. A boundary says to other people, this is what I will tolerate, this is what I will not tolerate, and here's what I will do if the boundary is crossed. You are setting a limit around yourself. It is different from a rule, and this distinction is really, really important because it sometimes uh, requires a shift in our parenting. A rule is about what the other person has to do. A rule says you need to do A, B, C, or else X, Y, Z will happen. A rule almost always comes with some kind of consequence. And rules have their place in parenting, please don't get me wrong. I think that rules are very appropriate in some situations, especially any situation that involves our child's health or safety. So for example, you are not allowed to smoke cigarettes, period. That is an excellent rule for us to have with our teenager. And oh, by the way, if you do, here's the consequence that's going to happen. I think that's a perfectly appropriate rule for a parent to set. And that's an example of a rule. You cannot do this, or you will do this, and there will be a consequence. A boundary, however, is, more, is about you. It's about what you will or will not do, what you will or will not tolerate. So having said that, having defined it in that way, let's get into these examples. So example number one is about laundry, right? One of our favorite topics. So this particular mom that I worked with, she had a middle school daughter and she was still doing her daughter's laundry. We, we can debate whether or not you should still be doing your child's laundry. That's completely up to you. That is not what the topic of this podcast is today. But this mom is doing her, her daughter's laundry in middle school. And she's getting very, very frustrated because whenever she goes to gather the laundry, the daughter's dirty clothes are all over the floor of the bedroom, all over the floor of the bathroom, and never in the hamper, which has been provided for her, um, Instead of using the hamper, her clothes are just kind of everywhere. And this mom begrudgingly gathers up the clothes, gets mad, yells at the daughter, you know, tells her she doesn't like gathering up the clothes this way. Why can't you just use the hamper? You need to use the hamper. Probably an argument that we've all had at some point about some household chore, right? In this case, it was the laundry. So this mom and I came up with a boundary for her to try and it was very, very simple. She went to her daughter and she said, I'm getting very frustrated by the way by gathering up all of your dirty clothes. And so I've decided that I'm not going to do that anymore. I have decided that I am only going to wash the clothes that are in the hamper. Period. Very simple. Very simple boundary. Here's what I'm going to do. She's not telling her daughter what she has to do. She's not imposing any kind of rules or consequences. She's simply saying... Here's what I'm going to do from now on. And so lo and behold, the next week, the daughter didn't really believe her or didn't really listen or didn't really care. doesn't matter. None of the dirty clothes or maybe just a few were in the hamper. The clothes were everywhere else. And so the mom stuck to her boundary and that is the most important ingredient. If you're gonna use a boundary, you have to be consistent and stick with it. This mom said, she didn't say, she gathered up laundry, and only washed the clothes that were in the hamper. Well, now guess what? This daughter wants to wear her favorite thing and it's not clean, right? And so now she has a choice. She can either do her own laundry, which is a perfectly good outcome of this situation as well, or she can abide by her mom's boundary and put the laundry in the hamper. And after a couple weeks of either not having the clothes to wear that she wanted or having to wash them by herself, she started putting her clothes in the hamper. A very simple solution, but what's so beautiful about doing it as a boundary, she could have made a rule. Her mom could have said, if you don't put your clothes in the laundry, you're going to be grounded. I'm going to take your phone. Like there could have been consequences and that would have just escalated more conflict. And also it requires you to keep enforcing it and sometimes escalating consequences every single time. And that really gets old and it's a drain on our relationship. Instead, this was much simpler. The mom just said, hey, here's what I'm going to do from now on. And you can choose what you're going to do about that. And the beautiful thing about boundaries is that in order for kids to get what they want, they eventually have to come around and they have to abide by our boundaries because otherwise they don't get what they need or what they want. So that's example number one. So, so simple, but so effective. Example number two is from my own parenting. When my daughters were in middle school, as happens with many, many kids, their social life kind of exploded. They suddenly had lots of places to go, so many people to hang out with, lots of social events to attend. And I was getting very frustrated because I felt like, first of all, they were just expecting me to be at their beck and call um, and drive them anywhere, anytime, and pick them up anywhere, anytime, again, without much warning or without much planning. And I just felt like I was always driving them all over town and also not on any kind of schedule. And I I was getting annoyed by that. So I came up with a boundary for myself and I said, you know what, girls, I'm so excited for you that you have all these fun things to do and I'm happy to help. But I want you to know that when you are going somewhere with a group, I am only available to drive one way. So I will either take you and your friends somewhere or I will pick you up from somewhere and I'm happy to take other people home and drop them off at their houses and whatever. So I'm I'm willing to take the entire group or pick up the entire group um, but I will only drive one way. And I said it was that simple. They were like, yeah, 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 okay, mom. So then the next time that they had something fun to go do, you know, they come to me, hey, we're all gonna go watch a movie at Susie's house. Um, can you take us at four o'clock? Whatever, whatever the scenario was. And I said, sure. I'm happy to take you. How are you getting home? And they both looked at each other and then they looked at me like, oh, that's right, you said that thing about not driving both ways. Well, will you bring us home? No, I won't. I, as I told you, I will only drive one way. So once you have that part figured out, come back to me and you know we'll make this happen. And so they did. They, they had, you know, I drove a couple other kids and then one of those moms brought them all home. It worked out great. But the beautiful thing about that was not that one moment. It was that they learned that that's how things are going to be. And so I can remember so clearly hearing them making, friends with, uh, making plans with their friends, and they would say to their friends, well, my mom only drives one way. So we have to figure out the other way. And the reason I bring this up as an example, it's another example of the boundary didn't require any consequences. It didn't require any fighting. It didn't require any like escalation of conflict. It was a very simple thing. What it required was consistency and me always holding that line. And them knowing that that's the way that that was going to be. And so then they had to adjust their behavior and their expectations to meet my boundary. And that's what's so beautiful. Again, I I keep saying it, but it's so true about these boundaries, is that they will adjust their behavior in order to get what they need and what they want. Um, And that is so much more powerful than doing it out of fear or doing it because of a consequence. Adjusting their behavior to adjust to someone's healthy boundary That's a beautiful thing for them to learn. And so that became the way that we did things right up, really up until they could drive themselves. Like that was always the thing. And even their their friends came to know that about me, you know, like, oh, well, their mom only drives one way. So we're going to have to figure out the rest. And also they had to figure out the rest, not that I will figure out the other piece of that for you. So that's example number two. Example number three has to do with a favorite habit of our teenagers, which is procrastination. I worked with a mom who was becoming very, very frustrated with her daughter who often needed mom's help, uh, particularly with math, um, but would approach her mom to help her late at night. We were talking, you know, 9, 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. She would come to her mom and say, I need your help with math. And of course, it was always something due the next day or a test she needed to study for that was like imminent. And, and this mom was getting very frustrated because she's like, I don't function well that late at night. I'm tired. I'm angry. And so then she would say things to her daughter like, why are you always procrastinating? Why can't you ever get your act together? Why are we always doing this late at night? And then, of course, the daughter would push back with, well, fine, I guess you don't even want to help me. I guess I'll just fail. And now they're fighting about the math homework instead of just getting it done. And it's causing damage to their relationship, right? The daughter is going to eventually either stop asking or um, they're going to fight about this every time, right? It's just a really unhealthy pattern that they're in and it's very frustrating. So this mom decided to set a boundary with her daughter and she just approached her and said, look, I, um, I know about myself that I am not at my best late at night. My brain doesn't work as well. I'm really tired. I'm kind of foggy and can't think things through well. It is not a good time for me to be helping you with your math homework. Um, And so I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to help with math homework after, I think she set like 9 p.m. as her boundary. And the daughter was kind of like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then in a few days approached her again at like 10 o'clock at night um, and said, I need your help with math homework. And And this is hard, you know, knowing that maybe an assignment's not going to get done or they're not going to be well prepared for a test. Like This one is a harder one to enforce. So you could either make a one-time exception. You'd have to kind of play with it depending on your comfort level. But this mom held the boundary and decided, you know what, one one math assignment is not going to ruin my daughter's life. So I'm going to hold my boundary here. And she said, as I told you, I don't help with math homework after 9 p.m. Sorry, I just that that's a rule that a boundary that I have for myself. And of course, the daughter was frustrated, went on and did it herself. But guess what? The next time she needed help, she approached her mom right after school and said, hey, I'm going to need your help with some math homework. What time would you like to do it? Right? And the time after that, it was even a couple days before it was due, right? So this daughter started adjusting her approach because she knew that her mom had a boundary around how late at night she would help with homework. And again, like these things don't happen magically and your kid might be, The type who needs to like walk into a wall several times before they get the idea that like, oh, I can't walk through this wall. And so they might push your boundaries many times before it finally sticks. But the magic part is to be consistent, or if you're not going to be consistent, to let them know this is an exception. This is a one-time thing, and next time it's going to be, you know, this other way. And then you, ha- you have to hold that this, I think where parents fail is that they try it once or twice and they notice that their kids are still pushing. And so they feel like, oh, this doesn't work and they give up. And so what I want to say to you is don't give up. First of all, start with something small, but also don't give up. So those are my three examples. And I think those are all um, really relatable. Those are all situations that we've been in as parents. And what I like about those three examples is their simplicity. These are very simple, easy things, literally just one statement where you say, this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I'm not going to do. And then the hard part is sticking to it, saying it's not the hard part, sticking to it is the hard part. But here's why I'm such a big fan of boundaries and why I believe they they really are magic. They're so powerful. First of all, you're not telling your teenager what they have to do at all. You are not setting a rule. You're not saying you have to do X, Y, Z and then having to impose some kind of consequences. You're not having to use any kind of threats or bribes or punishment to, uh, to alter their behavior. What you're doing is changing your behavior, and then they have to adapt. And they are going to adapt because they, they want what they want. And they're going to figure out that to get that from you, they have to change their approach or change their timing or change whatever. They have to change so that they can then respect your boundary. And so it teaches your teenager two really important things. First of all, it teaches them that you are allowed to have boundaries. I think so many moms operate from this position of, um, I don't have a right to have any boundaries, and they let their kids kind of walk all over them. Um, They have these people-pleasing tendencies that kind of bleed over into their parenting, and then they're allowing their kids to just push them around. And so it teaches your child, like, no, mom is a person who has boundaries, who has limits, and I need to respect those. I think that's a beautiful thing for teenagers to learn. But secondly, you are modeling for them what it looks like to set and hold and enforce a boundary. And what an amazing thing for them to carry with them into their adult lives. What a beautiful thing to teach them that they are watching you every single day and they are learning, oh... First of all, I deserve to have boundaries. It's okay for me to have boundaries. And that's how you do it. And they're watching you step by step set and hold a boundary so that then in their lives, whether it's with a boss or a roommate or a partner or a friend, they know how to do the same thing. And I, I just think anytime we can use a technique that both helps our lives in the moment, but teaches our teenagers an incredible lifelong skill, I'm all for it. And so in the spirit of teaching our kids about boundaries so that they can go out and use them in the world, I want to end by sharing you, with you just this little proud mama moment of mine um, from the past week. So my youngest daughter is working as a um, special ed para in an elementary school. So her job is to work with kids who get pulled out of class one-on-one um, and to do extra you know, work with them to keep them caught up or to help them achieve new skills or whatever. But she works one-on-one with kids who are pulled out of class. And so she told, uh, told me a story the other day about a kid that she was working with and she pulled him out of class to work on, I think it was math. And he was being really difficult and wasn't listening and wasn't doing the work. And then at one point he said to her, has anyone ever told you you are freakishly annoying, which we all got a big laugh out of. I can imagine that coming out of the mouth of a little second grader. And she Was appalled and she said to him, You know what? We're going back to class. And he's like, Wait, what? My time's not up. I still want to work on math. And she said, No, I don't work with kids who treat me unkindly. And she left it that simply, right? It wasn't like, You need to be kind. It wasn't, I'm going to give you three warnings. There wasn't like a punishment or a consequence. It was a very simple boundary where she said, I don't work with kids who don't treat me well. So you're going back to class. And lo and behold, a few days later, when she pulled him out of class again, first of all, he apologized and he behaved much better and he was much more kind. And I just love that story because I looked at her. Of course, she hates it when I take credit for anything good that she does in her life, as most kids do. And I'm not fully taking credit for this. I'm just highlighting it as an example of we want our kids to know how to set boundaries. And so one of the ways that we can teach them is by modeling it. And I'm just super proud of her Um, that I don't even know that she would have used that word boundary, but that's exactly what she did. She set a boundary and said, this is what I will not tolerate, and so you're going to have to adjust your behavior to meet my expectation. And I just think that's super cool. So I want to leave you with this idea that, first of all, you are allowed to set boundaries. Um, You deserve to be treated in a healthy and respectful way. And so it's okay for you to set boundaries, and also that they take time that they are not going to work the first time. In fact, you might see an escalation in behavior before you actually see a change because kids know that the old way used to work. And so they're going to keep trying that until they figure out that it doesn't work. And then they're going to come around and respect your boundary. And so I just want to wish you the best of luck in setting some boundaries. Pick some one thing this week that you're going to try. Set a new boundary, enforce it, be consistent, and let me know how it goes. I hope you found that helpful. And as always, I appreciate you listening today and I will be back next week with more tips, strategies and insights for helping you raise a teen who thrives. See you next time. Bye.